0: Welcome back to the Bond Revisited podcast. You are listening to part 2 of episode 13 where we revisit and rank Octopussy. With Bond being captured by Khan, he awakes inside his palace where he is fed something that he isn't quite used to. Join us as we take a look and eventually add Octopussy to our rankings. So we then cut to Bond waking up on a bed and we hear some beeping in the background, which is his watch. So he takes a look at the watch. So he's still tracking the egg and Bond goes to open the window and he sees that there's bars on them. So, OK, I think this is what's going on. So Bond is in Khan's palace and has been locked up there. Yeah. And Khan then returns from Octopus's island palace thing back to his palace yeah okay that's that makes more sense it kind of uh because i was wondering where the hell is bond like uh, when he was waking up i was like so it's where is this place um but yeah that it's khan's lair palace area so he tries to leave but he sees windows on the bar these big metal bars and kind of sees this complex outside and he sees khan enter uh pull up in a car and get out And Bond is then looking around, trying to find a way to leave. All the doors are locked. He goes to, you know, he opens the wardrobe, sees some clothes. Uh, A man comes in to give him clothes. Bond tries to leave. But the evil man from before, the one with the zoom-ins, come in. And -hmm. he just says, dinner, eight o'clock. Locks the door. And then we cut to Bond in the classic black tux, being escorted by the evil man to dinner. And this is why I think they were, like, cramming in these suits, because normally he would be saving that for a bar or a casino or something like that. But this is simply like he's wearing his classic black tux. But all he's doing is going for dinner with Khan.
1: Yeah, Khan has a very high um, threshold for, you know, <laughs> for outfits. You've got to look your best.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to look really nice, even though what you're about to eat is really gross.
1: Yeah. That's right. So
0: Bond then sits down in that this large dinner table where Khan and uh Madna, I think,
1: right? Yeah, Magda. Magda, yeah, that's the one.
0: Uh they're they're sitting there, so it's it's very fancy. It's a very classic setup where Bond is having dinner with the villain and everything's all very proper and nice and it's basically them having a, a conversation. So Bond is asking what? Well, can't remember exactly how it goes around but i think bond is asking why he's even here like why am i even being kept captive and khan saying we don't have all the answers of which bond is like well what if i don't feel like talking and then they go a little bit back and forth on torture methods where bond's like "Mm, well how are you going to use thumb screws and hot coals and he's like oh no we're much more sophisticated than that and says they're going to use some sort of like psychedelic compound of which bond then says well isn't that going to cause permanent brain damage and it's like, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So some stakes there, but this doesn't really go anywhere. So then the the food comes up and gets plonked down as Bond is talking and it's a, a stuffed sheep head. So it's like the skull of a sheep that you can see, although it's still got like a load of the meat on it and it's been stuffed. And for some reason at this point, we zoom in on the evil man, the, the henchman. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. And Khan is kind of talking a bit and he pops out the eye of his sheep head and eats it. And so th- so the idea here is that Bond is kind of disgusted by this. Like, I don't think Bond eats any of this. And it is kind of supposed to be like kind of a joke on this. Like, oh, look how gross this sheep's head is. But it really is gross. It is gross. Like, it's horrible yeah. to look at.
1: I really, I don't understand. I don't understand this. As in... I, I assume they do not eat stuffed sheep's head in India like that, anyway. <laughs> um, so, is it a comment on like, oh, foreign country crazy food? I, do you know what I, th- I got vibes of is Indiana Jones and the whole like chilled monkey yeah. brain scene. It's like exactly the same sort of setup where there's a dish put in front of the main character and it's this really horrible looking thing and everyone else is eating it and loving it and then uh, yeah, I, 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 I just don't get it.
0: I think you're right, yeah. But it just kind of removes something here because. They kind of had something going with Bond and Khan where they're going back and forth and talking about torture methods, is, you know, that's a pretty solid dinner talk <laughs> for villains. That's That works quite well, but it just so much of it just gets sucked away when they're just Bond is staring at a stuffed sheep's head and Khan then eats an eyeball. I'm just like, I mean, yeah. I guess it's meant to gross you out a bit and I don't want to be too judgmental in case anyone does eat sheep eyes. <laughs> fill your boots, I guess. <laughs> Uh, But like for this sort of scene, I just don't think it adds anything. It just takes away. And Khan just seems like like it just makes him seem a bit odd in a way that doesn't elevate his character.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really does. I was saying earlier that I liked the actor who plays Khan. I think he has got quite a good charisma to him. But he's not really a very... I wouldn't say he's a great villain. And I think especially this scene in particular kind of makes him seem a bit more i don't it's not like it's not meant to be pure comedy role but it definitely takes away from any sort of intimidation or actual uh fear that this this villain might have in like when he's with bond uh face to face and yeah talking about talking about torture great love that stuff and how flippant he is with yeah you know it will cause brain damage that's all good stuff but then he just slurps at this (laughs) at this sheep eye and it kind of saps all that immediately
0: you don't think it would have been better in Dr. No if they came out with a sheep's head <laughs> when they're talking at the dinner table.
1: And then and then Dr. No tries to eat it, but his, his metal hands like grip too tight and it just bursts.
0: Oh, oh, he just gets,
1: oh. And he's like, oh, not again. These wow, blasted wow. hands. Oh. So dinner finishes and Bond kind of cheekily asks if uh, anyone would like a nightcap. Uh, after dinner, asks Magda, and no, and then even asks the henchman as well, no. Okay, fine, and uh, is put back in his room, locked back in his room with a guard outside. Um, and as that's happening, uh, you see, or well, maybe not be quite yet, but there is a helicopter that's arriving to the place. Um, Bond uses the pen acid gadget to melt the bars away from his room. Um, which is a good idea. I don't really like how as soon as he did it, suddenly the bars became very bendy. Like <laughs> If you see, he just grabs it and bends it really easily. I don't even think he would have needed to like loosen the ends. He could have just bent them in the middle. Um, yeah, very fake. Very, very fake. And yeah, he kind of shimmies outside onto the edge of this, of this palace and works his way around and um, kind of passes by uh, Magda's room and sees her getting undressed and there's a bit of a... Mm. There, but thankfully they don't do anything else, they just carry on. Um, because yes, yeah, she's like, <laughs> it's really it's really bad, but anyway. Uh, as it's there's happening, there's the bird as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's where the bird jump scare is. There's always one with John Glenn, and there it is. The helicopter is is landing, and it's Orlov. General Orlov finally makes a reappearance in this film, and uh, obviously, the, he's there to go speak to Khan about all this um, fake jewelry stuff. Um, Bond Bond gets down somehow, I can't remember how. Well he
0: climbs into the Magnus room. Does he? Yeah. Oh okay. So he panics because he's about to be because the, all the lights come off, because the heady pad is about to land, so all the lights are coming on, so he just has to get away. So he jumps in Magnus room as she kind of like moves away at the right second, so he's like hiding in there for a bit.
1: Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, because doesn't she spot Bond at one point?
0: Yeah, because Bond leaves the room following the watch tracker, and then as Bond leaves, Magda actually just kind of smiles because she noticed Bond leaving and just didn't say anything,
1: mm, which I guess is setting up to what eventually happens. Yeah, uh, of and Khan go down to this this room um, where there's loads of jewellery, and it's sort of a bit of a, a Well, a very a very brief explanation of the plan where all of is saying something along the lines of, um, you know, I get what I want with this plan and, and you'll get the jewellery uh, explaining why why Khan's in this because he wants this, this real jewellery. Uh, well, no, this is the fake jewellery, but he wants um, the real jewellery eventually that they're going to swap it with because Khan has had his men reproducing all of these very valuable Russian, like, uh, what's, what is it called? Something Star, one of them.
0: Something like but, that.
1: Yeah, the something star is like one of the ones that comes up quite a lot. Um and Bond is there tracking them, as you say, he's got his watch and he's also got the the uh the pen nib, the microphone to receiving device, because they have got the egg um in that room with Orlov and Calm. And as Bond is listening, down near the door, outside the door, Magda's drying her hair, which Gives interference, a bit of an oversight there from Q, I think. Just a hairdryer causes interference. I guess Q budget. never
0: would use a hairdryer, would he? So he
1: never oh. tested it. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Bond is missing out some of the the plot points of, of what all of is is explaining, but um, he does get just like just in the nick of time. He does hear something about one week from today at Karl Marx Stat. So that gives Bond the next location to investigate. Um, In this little scene with Orlov and Khan as well, this is where the egg, he smashes the egg, right? Because he's like, oh, this this fake has got in the way too much, so I'm going to smash it. And then you get this grimace from Khan who knows it's the real egg.
0: No, no, so... No? No, because it is the fake egg.
1: Because Bond
0: swapped it out. And this is the one with the tracker. And the reason why Khan grimaces is because he spots the tracker inside the egg.
1: Are you sure? I think so. Because Bond got the real egg from the auction house. And then that would have been the one they used for Q, right? And then that one is the one that's stolen by Magda. So this is the real egg.
0: Let me think. No, because... Mm. (laughs) Mmm. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm not too sure I, I thought that's I assumed why he it was a had fake that reaction hmm. you might be right Khan might be grimacing because it's because it is the real one I just assumed that was part of the fact that he sees the tracking bug which is why he's all like "Ah." Oh. but maybe the timing of the scenes don't add up but I assumed because Khan the egg that Khan has is fake but obviously Bond has to get that egg to put the tracker in which he never stole the egg of car, did he? He just kept the one that he swapped out, which was the real
1: one. Yeah, but then Magda stole the real one off of him.
0: Yeah. Unless they actually were both fake <laughs> the whole time.
1: <laughs> I guess the point is... The egg is smashed and the microphone. <laughs> what is, is the point, Joe? I don't know. <laughs> Please know.
0: Khan... let me know what the point
1: is. <laughs> you said it yourself. Khan does spot that there is a mic. There is something—a little microphone—in there, so that's a cause for concern from his point of view. Um, Bond is still outside and, and hears some some people coming. Uh, oh, it's because yeah. I think Khan told Gobinda to go take the the fake jewelry to Orlov's helicopter, and now they're coming back. So Bond hides in this room nearby that's full of, was well, it's, it's full of, like, meat. Like, I think there's pigs and stuff hanging up. But there's also some dead bodies hanging up. Um, I guess that's where they just put all dead things in there. I, I don't know. I, I assumed it would be, like, where they keep the food. But then why well, are there just some dead people in there? I don't know. Um, it's
0: just meant to be a bit of a jump scare, isn't it? A bit of a, oh, look how tough these guys are because there's just dead corpses hanging up on hooks.
1: Not very hygienic
0: no but then we know <laughs> what they think about hygiene don't we
1: yeah uh, <laughs> uh as bond's looking in the door and uh they're leaving the henchman gobinda doesn't notice something uh kind of looks in there so bond well i don't know what i guess you don't actually see this happen but bond climbs inside one of the bags that's yeah it's
0: just kind of implied it's implied takes a look and they don't quite reveal it yet, but they—they yeah, set it's... it up enough that Bond could have climbed in. They don't actually just—they just don't show it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he—he's—he's he's in the clear for then. Um, and then that's that. I—I'm—I'm I'm saying that in that tone because it, I'm pretty sure the next scene we get is the the hunting scene, right? Yes. Yeah. So the next day, I presume. Well, I don't know. It's—it's it's daylight. And it was definitely wasn't daylight before, right? So I don't know how much time he was spent in that bag. But...
0: I, I get, yeah, I guess the idea is that he was just locked in there the whole time. But those people, yeah. Oh, because
1: he he locks the door, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right. The henchman locks the door after him.
0: Yeah, so Bond actually can't leave, which is why he has to get in the body bags to escape.
1: Right. So, But they yeah. also
0: do know that Bond has escaped because they want to go and kill Bond because the general's like, go and kill Bond. And now they're going to do it, but they notice that Bond has uh, escaped.
1: Right, right. So it, they... it all just
0: makes sense, Joe. Don't worry
1: about it. Oh, yeah. When you're watching it, it's it's, it's easy. It fl- every...
0: flies by.
1: It really does. So the next day, uh, Khan is is on elephant back, uh, ready for a hunt. Got his gun, and there's loads of other people there, and, and uh, the henchman is there as well. I think he's got his own elephant, and there's just tons of people, and they're walking into sort of a forest area. Um, a couple of the guards bring out some body bags which I assume they're going to feed to some animals because there's they they th- uh you see him throwing things into this big pile of bones and stuff. Um, and yeah, Bond is one of them because when they put down this body bag, he makes like an oof noise. Which these two guards they just don't really I mean, they clearly hear it, but they do nothing to worry about. Sometimes corpses just make noises, I guess. Um <laughs> but yeah as they uh as they are opening the bodies and and uh getting rid of them bond makes this scary noise yeah like a spooky goes like oh he goes, ooh and jumps out the bag and uh has a, a chance to escape <laughs> oh this oh. yeah, cuz the two
0: men they don't like. Oh god! Let's shoot this guy. They they just run off
1: scared. They're just scared by this zombie, clearly, or mummy, or something that they <laughs> they think is happening. Uh, yeah, which gives Bond a chance to escape. Um, and Joe, what? Well, I, can I leave this bit with you? Because this scene is just—it's too try. much. It's just too much. I'm looking at my notes here. I'm just—I mean, I'll, I'll help out.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll try. So the the general idea is that they instantly see Bond. yeah, And they're instantly like, right, there he is. And Khan's like, ah, let the sport commence. So it is an absurd amount of people who are here at this point in time. Hmm. Like, you would kind of imagine, like, it's Khan on an elephant, maybe someone else on an elephant, and, like, five dudes or something. No, no, no. It's, like, 30-odd guys with guns and, like, five elephants, all starting to chase Bond through this Indian... Uh, forest or jungle I guess jungle is probably more correct yeah
1: jungle. so
0: he Bond just starts running and we get all this just more absurd stuff so we quickly get a shot of a tiger just a <laughs> because tigers and Bond runs into a spider web and gets spun up in it a little bit and there's a poisonous spider that he just kind of gets rid of and he
1: just squishes it
0: <laughs> yeah he just like knocked it down he's like ah, oh, get it's off like...
1: It's proper like stupid bug, You go squishing out level of stuff. He just squishing. There's this green goo on his arm.
0: Yeah. So he gets rid of that. And then it's just lots of shots of Bond running through the forest or the jungle while everyone else is kind of chasing. Again, a massive pack of people chasing Bond through this kind of high grass, high grass in the jungle as well. And eventually Bond gets, meets up with that tiger. Like they show a shot of a tiger and then later Bond meets up with it. And he, the tiger roars kind of jumps out of Bond, and he just says, sit. So the tiger sits, <laughs> and then Bond gets away. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. And... Yeah. So Khan then, I think, shoots at Bond or, or goes, like, the evil man shoots at Bond, somebody shoots at Bond, and we see that Bond is, like, completely surrounded. So his plan is to just completely lie down in the grass so everyone kind of surrounds the area but I'm guessing they don't know exactly where he is they just know he's nearby and as Bond is lying down in this grass hiding he notices something and and sees a snake on his legs starting to spin around of which he he tells it to hiss off
1: <laughs> So there you go hiss off yeah. I mean you could say that for this whole film I suppose Yeah <laughs> not yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, so Bond is... Yeah, he kicks off the snake. He's he's very sweaty at this point, which is nice, but it's, no, it's never the same. Roger, no. you can't. He's just not on the same level as Sean. I think no. I've already said this, but... you're you're so right. So, yeah, so he then... And this is really confusing, this bit, because it's framed that he has been surrounded by an absurd amount of people and elephants, but somehow Bond is then just underneath one of the elephants and removes the strap that the, because people are riding elephants, so there's like this kind of, I, I don't know what you would call it, but like a saddle, I guess, um, that people sit on. And he undoes the strap, and then the man shoots his gun, because I think Bond then gets off, and then he falls off, off which Khan then shoots at Bond, but Bond just gets away. It's just, it's so confusing. <laughs> um, and then it's just more chasing... And just as he's about to be surrounded again, Bond sees a load of trees and vines. So, starts swinging through the vines like Tarzan, and they start playing like Tarzan George of the Jungle sounds over the top, like ah, <laughs> yep, as he's swinging all on all these different vines. And <laughs> it's—I <laughs> just want to get to the end of this before we start exploding. Uh, he then lands in some water because he eventually does his Tarsan act, and there's a leech on him, which he just burns <laughs> off real quick. Yep. Yeah. And Bond, after getting from this small part of water or small puddle of water, is actually he finds out he's right next to a river, of which he he sees a crocodile very quickly. So he no, like he's in one part of the river and sees a crocodile and then gets out, but then sees a boat full of tourists, of which Bond kind of wades through and shouts hey hey and he gets on and it turns out a load of uh, american tourists are on there so they're they're very over the top friendly like come on now buddy you're you're already you're yeah just keeps calling him buddy and bond waves to khan and because now he's that he's gone away on the boat and then all the american tourists say oh look at these guys look how cool look at that elephant and start taking pictures and Mm. Like this is just exactly the same as the scene we had before with the taxi, only like a jungle version of it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's just let's try and cram in as many like stereotypical like Indian animals as we can in this scene, but also like swinging on vines. It's just awful.
1: <laughs> like, There's, yeah.
0: It's just another chase that is taken purely from a comedic aspect which i find so confusing because i didn't think john glenn feud james bond in this way i always thought he was a bit more gritty and grounded and from the last scene last film yes there were comedy stuff in there i thought he was going to take this and tone things down but like from what we saw with moonraker and the spy who loved me but it seems like no this is like one of the worst over-the-top comedic scenes we've had in the franchise and it's terrible it's so bad
1: it really is <laughs> it really is just yeah as you <laughs> yeah. as you said, like all the going from spider to tiger to snake to leech to crocodile it's too much it's just too too much and i think one of the things i really don't like about this film and it there's an element of that in other bond films but this one is, is had a couple so far is just elements that really date it really date it so We've already mentioned about the tennis player, where no one's going to, well, maybe not no one, but less and less people are going to know that guy was a famous tennis player. So why has he suddenly got tennis racket and then there's all these gags about tennis, right? That's one of them that already just makes it seem a bit odd. And in, in this one, I remember reading about why Bond does this really silly sit thing to the tiger. And it's because it was a reference to this dog trainer that was on TV in the 80s or like the 70s, maybe. Who used to what? talk like that? Yeah, like she would. She used to go because it's very specific the way he says "sit," where he has his hand up and he's like he he's telling off the tiger, going "sit" like that, and doing it in that sort of emphasis. And it's because there was this woman on TV who did it exactly like that. And I just think well, you don't need these references in Bond films. It's just, it's just. I mean, yeah, ages it if you know the context, but also in in when you're watching the film, it makes it confusing and bad, and yeah i really don't like this whole scene i think it's pure kind of like schlock like it's it's just as you say played 100 percent for comedy um it's so interesting
0: though with this film well it's not that interesting because this film isn't that interesting but i i had i found it an interesting experience where this film didn't like wind me up in the same way that not just diamonds are forever but even like bad bond stuff kind of winds me up in a certain way right like but this film i just feel so like indifferent to it So I was talking about it now. It's like, yeah, if I think about it, this is terrible and I didn't enjoy it. But it doesn't really wind me up. I just feel more just kind of defeated and sad while watching it. I'm just like, this is just so dreadful, isn't it? Like, if it wasn't for this rewatch and doing this podcast, I would have just been on my phone the whole time when watching this. But because I had to write notes and pay attention so I could talk about it, I didn't. But this is like, so nothing. Like, I would have just been on my phone I'd be like, oh, they're making Tarzan noises now. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like checking Reddit or something. <laughs> I just this is just a film I would have just been on my phone constantly if I didn't have to actually somewhat try and take it all in.
1: Yeah, I gotta admit it, it, it was a bit of a struggle watching this film, and it should never be that way. But I did uh, not even just at like one point where you're thinking, oh, this film's been going on for a while now. i, I kind of wear out, like looking at your watch sort of thing. There were multiple points in this film where I felt like that it wasn't even just one, and this was one of them. This was what well, no, actually, to be fair, this one wasn't because it was. I was watching this kind of in a in terms of a so bad it's good. What is what is going to happen next, sort of thing. What animal is going to come up next in Bond's way? But there are definitely other points in this film which are a bit more dry, where I was just thinking, this is this is just. I want this to be over.
0: I had that as well, like the exact same thing. Like some other Bond films, when we've rewatched them, I've paused them for a little break. You know, that's you know it's quite a long film. I've got to type for most of it, doing notes. Maybe get a drink or something. Like no, that's not that crazy, uh, but this one maybe like five times. And some of those I just paused it and just stopped and didn't do anything. And I was like, I don't want to keep watching this anymore. <laughs> it was it's really just a sad experience watching this film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um. But anyway, let's go. Anyway, yeah. next scene. Next Woo! scene. So, <laughs> uh, Bond got on the boat, as you say, and he's back in the uh, the Q branch, where you get a very kind of like a close up shot of the octopus tattoo, or I, I guess Q or someone in that in that branch has done some research on it, um, and explains that it was it's linked to this wealthy woman on the floating palace called Octopussy, and. That Bond should and Bond and oh yeah and it's it's uh, an island full of women and and uh, Bond Bond should go you know Bond's like oh I should probably go investigate then Um and that's it right Yep I'm just trying to think if they actually say anything more specific about Octopussy but they nope. don't it all comes from her actually what like her background so yeah that's basically the lead that they have go see this this uh, Octopussy mysterious woman on the floating island. Uh, and so that's what Bond does. He uses a, a, a crocodile submarine thing as a way to swim into uh, the vicinity because it's uh, heavily guarded, I think they mentioned. So he yeah he uses this little crocodile sub, which looks like a crocodile just on the surface of the water, but he's there laying down and uh, the mouth opens up and lets Bond look out and check that he's there. And it's obviously very silly. Although actually, I think... As far as uh, gadgets go, I mean, yeah, it's not the worst one I've seen. I think a lot of people might critique that for being ludicrous, but it's it's better than the the Bondula, anyway. In my opinion,
0: yeah, it's dumb, but I think it's actually somewhat funny seeing Roger Moore in a fake crocodile.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bond uh, Bond breaks in uh, or sneaks in. Um, although Octopussy, you do see that she is just watching Bond's every move on her little TV screens. So she knows he's coming, and he knows when he gets up to the door and when he's about to come in. So, as he enters with the gun, she's there already and waiting. And we do finally see who she is, and it's um, I forgot Maud uh, Maud Adams is the actress's name. As we've seen her before, she was the lady in the man with a golden gun. She's come no, back, no,
0: no, no, completely different,
1: <laughs> completely different. It really is not choice that they chose to reuse uh, an actress like that. I guess they really liked her. I don't know. Um, and she's not bad. I think she's definitely better than, in this film than she was in *The Man with the Golden Gun*, by far. But uh, it's just uh, they do like to reuse people, don't they? In these films, they really do. And go on, then,
0: Joe. Explain, explain us uh, some backstory. I'm ready for it.
1: Do I have to? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, straight off the bat, you kind of get the sense that she's not actually that uh, evil. Um, she seems quite chummy with Bond, uh, and offers him a drink and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, quite hospitable, I would say for, for being the character that we saw earlier where you you didn't see her face. And she was, as you say, she was quite, uh, dignified and a little bit foreboding with what she was saying. Uh, now we've seen her, she's actually quite pleasant and, um, you, you realise why. Uh, and it's because, okay, (laughs) she asked Bond about this, this man that he was involved with on a previous mission, um, I don't remember his name.
0: I think it's Major Dexter Smythe, and I okay. did look that up. I'm not okay,
1: going.
0: I think Smythe is the one they actually say, but yeah, it's Dexter, Major Dexter
1: Smythe. That guy. Uh, why did you leave? It? This is awful. He was um, wrapped up in some gold smuggling operation previously. And Bond, I'm I'm really cutting this short. I mean, it is longer in the film, but uh, basically, Bond was involved in in a mission to go and and give him the option to basically come out of that um, the the like syndicate or the the criminal underground that this man had got himself wrapped into, um, and yeah, from a from a government perspective, give him a way back to England, and I think in the end he was found to have committed suicide, um, but. Octopussy is his daughter, and the reason why she is quite friendly to Bond is that she's she was pleased that Bond at least gave him the opportunity, an honourable way out of the the mess that he'd got himself in, sort of situation. And so that's why she recognised the name earlier on when Khan was explaining, and why she is, um, yeah, not immediately just shooting him or killing him or capturing him. So. As I say in the film, it's a little bit more long-winded than that, but that is basically the gist of it: is that she is she's on Bond's side, really. She she um, she respects him for what he did. I and... don't think
0: you got that right, but I'm not confident enough to correct it. Really? what do you, What do you think it was? So it's roughly that. So I'm pretty sure it's like, yeah, it's about gold. But there was like a man and his guide was meant to see the gold, but they both disappeared. Bond was meant to go and recover the gold, because no one ever did, and finds the guide has been shot, but then finds Major Dexter Smythe, who turned out he was the one that killed the man and stole the gold. So rather than Bond taking him to be trial for treason, he allows the man to kill himself instead.
1: Oh. Okay, well, whatever, <laughs> I mean, the, the real way
0: to know this is to read uh, the book, because I, I believe the idea is that this backstory is just Octopussy the book or one of the books anyway it might not be Octopussy uh, and that's why it's here and that's why it's so insanely complicated because it's like a book's worth of content reduced down to just give some character a backstory
1: yeah I gotta be honest I mean I I, I didn't catch much of it as you as was quite evident then I clearly got that wrong but I, I at this point I really didn't care um it was very in-depth and I, I was gone by this point so that, that's
0: fair, but it's like, I just need to make the point. It is insane that they expect people to follow that. Like I watched it twice to try and figure it out. And even then I'm not confident on it. It is absolutely insane that anyone would watch that and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's making sense to me. <laughs> it's just like not possible.
1: Um, Yeah, that makes me feel a bit better then. But uh, Khan comes in at one point and is there to explain to Octopussy that Bond's escaped and um, she says oh well okay that's a shame but but, you know meet my guest and oh look it's Bond and Khan's obviously very angry and embarrassed and uh, can't remember what he says but he eventually leaves and Octopussy and Bond actually can't remember what they do next to be honest with you.
0: Well there's like a little bit of talking right it's octopussy kind of explains how her father loved octopuses octopi and apparently her dad is the one that gave her the nickname octopussy which i'm like that's not right
1: oh oh that's a bit yeah
0: yeah i'm glad he killed himself because that's not (laughs) Mm. don't know
1: about that one uh
0: but i guess briefly like yes she says oh i haven't broken any laws so if you want stay as a guest of which Bond gets escorted to his room by some women who we find out later are part of Octopus's cult, the Octopus cult. Although to me they look like something from Doctor Seuss here, because they're wearing like these bright red mm-hmm. uh, outfits with like an octopus symbol on there. It's
1: a, yeah, yeah, they they, they, really do, they definitely stand out. That's for sure.
0: And that's that. I, I would have to say. I mean, I do like. Like you said, I think Maud Adams actually does a much better job here with Octopussy than uh, what she did before. Like, I think she she brings a lot to the role. I really like her. In a vacuum, I really like Octopussy. Um, not the film. No, no, no. Uh, but the
1: character. <laughs> yeah, make that clear.
0: Yeah, yeah I gotta clarify, clarify that. But I actually really like her and, and the way the character is. It's just the backstory is super confusing and this film is just super confusing. So it's like, all the positives I could say about the way the actress handles this and the way she talks and interacts with Bond just kind of gets ruined by the rest of the film, um, being what it is, which is kind of a shame, but there was something there. And I think there is real potential there. it just doesn't work in this film because of what this film is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, it would have been nice if she was actually a villain though, in a way I would have liked if she was bad, uh, but then maybe i'm just you know we'll get there eventually with uh, the world is not enough i suppose anyway um khan after seeing that bond is with uh, octopussy he has gone along with uh, gobinda to go see a bounty hunter um to basically go and order bond to be killed and he, he says you know he's uh he's at the floating palace but leave the girl don't don't touch her um Here's some money. And then you get this really creepy guy with like an eye scar. And he's just like, he likes laughing. He laughs a lot. Uh, they use the photo that Bond had taken of him at dinner earlier on as a way to uh, you know, let the bounty hunter know who to get. And you also get introduced to this uh, this guy above. So they're down below and there's a, there's a um, balcony above them where this guy has a very interesting kind of yo-yo saw blade weapon, which uh, he demonstrates by whipping it down and it it chews up the photo of Bond a little bit. And uh, I guess that's what the guy finds so funny. But that weapon in particular makes a reappearance. It's meant to be very much a a gimmicky, kind of a a bit like a henchman weapon, you know. You you see it quite a lot uh, come back later on.
0: Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible, I oh, really yeah. didn't like it at all. It just,
1: I, it just wasn't intimidating. It was just a, a bit too silly for me. It doesn't really make much sense, does it? No. <laughs> if you really think about it. It,
0: does, but... it doesn't have to make a lot of sense, but I never really felt any threat from this weapon. I think it just looks too silly and the way it works. Like, as you say, it's a yo-yo sword blade. And the fact that it's not even wielded by a character, like, it's just a random goon that has it. I don't quite get why they did that. It would have probably worked better if, like, the evil man, what's his name, Gobby uh if he had it, then maybe that could have worked. But they just give it to random people who try to attack, and I just don't know why they did it like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's, uh, it's meant to look cool, but it doesn't really.
0: <laughs> You're just not... The passion isn't there, is it, Joe?
1: It's really not. I Yeah, this film kind of defeated me, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Shall I do the next bit? Then? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so they have... To summarise, Khan has hired a group of men to kill Bond you with a saw blade disc, but make sure that they don't harm Octopussy. So we then cut to Q, which is nice, having a little fish by the river, which... We see is him outside the floating palace, not the other palace. This is the the island. So he is looking out for Bond, and because Bond is still in there, and Octopussy kind of explains a little bit about the octopus cult and how she's a legitimate businesswoman. I swear, I own circuses. That makes me a legitimate businesswoman. And we then see VJ arrives to see Q and Bond or, or, or Q and vj talk a little bit they say he's still on there and q makes a joke about it's a island full of women of course he's still on there (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: and bond is then separated from octopussy for a little bit and he looks into a drawer and he finds a leaflet that says octopussy circus on the back and a big picture of a clown on there which seems a little bit odd initially but we find out why he sees that so Octopussy re-enters the room. She says, "I've got to go to Europe on a business trip, but uh, Bond should stay because I'm only going to be going be- I'm only going to be gone a week." And Bond says, "No," and and she then tries to recruit Bond, saying, "We're two of a kind." Of which Bond says, "I'm not for hire," which she takes extremely personally for some reason. She gets really mad. Yeah, like she takes it that Bond is criticizing her for not working for queen and country and like storms off like in near tears into the next room i feel like they edited something else there because it just doesn't make sense as it's presented
1: no she goes from zero to ten quite quick there in terms of emotion it's very it is like what
0: so speaking of what uh bond follows and grabs her and forces a kiss on her mm. of which she's like no and then he says, well, you did say we're two of a kind. And then she's into it and gives the old, oh, James. So they start kissing on the bed, which I don't i don't really have the energy to criticise this. It's terrible. It's stupid. Um, but I'm not that invested in this film and Octopussy as a character to care that much. Uh, but we've seen this scene before and it's always kind of bad. But they were setting them up kind of as equals and this kind of ruins that a little bit. Like there was definitely a better way of having them kind of come together and see eye to eye. This just feels very sh- forced, very quickly edited because Bond and Octopusy need to get together. So let's just reuse the same tropes we've always used just to make that happen.
1: The main thing I put about this scene, once again, uh, you you might think I'm obsessed with it, but I just put that there are gross noises in this scene as well.
0: Oh, were well, there? I didn't notice it, this scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just heard more creepy kissing, gross, wet noises, sloppy.
0: Ah oh. I don't know that... if John Barry was involved in that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I really have to say
0: <laughs> yeah so we'll keep moving forward so we then go to so Q and VJ was watching but Q was originally on watch and VJ came to sub in for him so we see him fishing and he then hears a noise which is like is that Q Q are you there and we see two men jump out at him and grab him and then the evil man from before shows up Stares at him, looks all evil, and one of the goons then has the saw blade, the yo-yo saw blade, and they drop it onto VJ. And just as it's about to hit him, it cuts away, and the birds nearby go crazy. Basically, uh, he has been killed off, which it's kind of a shame. I did kind of like this character, and it did kind of suck to see him die. Like he did, he is quite naturally quite likable, despite the tennis stuff. I so he's not one of the best ones, but I think. Some of these side characters have been quite weak in Bond films.
1: I actually thought it was alright. I actually find him quite likeable. He was very smiley, which was nice. Yeah, he was but, just
0: happy-go-lucky.
1: Yeah. Clearly happy to be there. Happy to work with Bond. Um, and now he's dead. <laughs> now we got yo-yo saw-bladed.
0: So, at the same time as that, we get a quick zoom-in on Bond's bed, because Bond is now in bed with Octopussy, and he then checks outside, and we see some shots of the water, and I think Octopussy's like, ah, come back to bed, and One's like, oh, I've got a bad feeling, but he doesn't see anything. And then we see all the men from before he was hired climbing onto the palace. And I'm going to say this is when I started stopping the film, like oh. what we talked about earlier, mm. because I wrote in my notes, and I don't normally just quote my notes. Sometimes I just put, I hate this film, <laughs> so <laughs> devoid of
1: joy, <laughs> devoid of joy. Wow, <laughs> I was just like,
0: oh god, this is so boring. I just don't care Uh, because now this is all building up to all the assassins that were hired are going to attack the base and try and kill Bond. It's like, I just don't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just, that is it. I was so apathetic to this film at this point. I'd rather have been mad, but as you you said earlier, it's not being mad. It's just, it's just letting it happen and and just, ah, waiting. (laughs) Waiting is what it is.
0: Hmm. Because I don't know why we had to have these assassins like this. I mean, just to try and figure out a little bit. I wasn't into Bond and Octopussy getting together, and... Yeah, it was kind of sad about Vijay, but I don't know why we're even doing this. Why are we having a scene where all these assassins attack this base? It's stupid.
1: Why are we having this scene? It's just, there's just no need for any of it. I don't know, you get more cool sword blade action.
0: Well, I guess so, but... We go from egg to this. We don't even have the egg anymore.
1: Oh, I long for days of the egg. <laughs> Remember the egg?
0: That was so cool.
1: Give <laughs> me, give me back to the auction room. I just oh, want to stay there. there. That was nice. This whole film
0: should have just been that auction room, but they do it at like ten pounds interval for the bidding. <laughs> so it like, never ends.
1: Oh, and, and the climax of the film is just can't buy in the egg.
0: Yeah. Then he leaves.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I'd much rather watch that. Applause. <laughs> oh, we are being quite harsh, aren't we? But it's it's fair.
0: This is just—I think it's—we're being harsh, but it—not it, the rest of the film is not just terrible. I would say, in my opinion, there is some stuff that I—I I didn't mind or kind of liked. It's just this is the point of the film where, for me anyway, it really sunk in how much I just didn't really want to be watching this film. And it wasn't necessarily anger or frustration, saying this is terrible. Well, it, it was a little bit of that, but it wasn't like oh god, this is horrible. It's just like just kind of want to just turn it off. And this is where I really felt it. I think. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so all these men are sneaking into the base and it's actually quite a nice little shot here where Bond is invited back to bed and by Octopussy and we see a little shadow on the wall very quick of a man because they're all sneaking in. And eventually a man sneaks above the bed and this is the man with the yo saw blade and he drops it on but the last second Bond sees it and it's like, move and pushes her out the way and rolls out of the bed and they then have a bit of a fight, so He's fighting these guys and these sword blades and it's just kind of missing and Bond starts being choked out by one of the guys and Octopus he helps by smashing the champagne bottle they were drinking because of course they were drinking champagne. And the sword blade that was on top, Ball Man, uh, apologies, uh, Bond pulls him down by the sword blade so he drops down and the fight kind of spews out into the room that had the octopus tank in that they were in before. And Bond smashes the man or one of the guy's heads into the octopus tank. And the octopus just attacks his face, just completely uh, suffocates him. And it's been said before how there's like venom. These are poisonous octopus. So he he kind of just falls on the floor and dies. And the man with the, the saw blade is, is fighting Bond. Eventually, the octopus cult women show up and give Octopussy a gun or a tranquilizer gun. And she shoots one of the henchmen to knock him out. And Bond and the man with the saw blade, I think, uh, fall into the the river outside. They fall out of the window and fall into the river. Of which then crocodiles show up. And we see someone is being attacked and killed by crocodiles, but we don't see who. And we get a little short shot of Octopussy starting to cry a little bit because Bond never comes back up. Like, nobody comes up to the surface, so they assume that Bond has been killed. So we cut to... While Octopus is being sad, we actually just cut to Bond in the fake crocodile suit again, coming ashore to meet Q. And Q explains that Vijay has been killed by Khan's men. And Bond says because he saw about the circus before. I think there's some other connections, as you say, about what he heard on the radio, but there's been a few hints at needing to go to East Germany. So he says he's going to the circus in, in East Germany. And I don't have much to say about that one. I think this is very much like all the other Roger Moore fight scenes where there's not that much to it. Although on paper, it sounds like it should be kind of cool, like with the saw blade and with Octopussy helping. Like, that's quite a neat dynamic. And ending it with Bond getting away with the crocodiles eating, like, that's quite a nice touch. Uh, I just didn't really feel much watching
1: it. I didn't feel much watching it. My favourite part of that whole scene was... When Bond smashes the guy's head into the tank, the octopus tank, and yeah, you 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 see it on the guy's face like a face hugger almost, and that could have been enough to be that, that's enough to let you know, all right, that guy's dead because yeah, venom is is fatal. But I I do love how they had to. There's one other shot later on, not long afterwards, and it's of the octopus on the guy's face, and it's just jiggling. <laughs> it's just, oh it's just yeah, a, it's just this octopus just having a little jiggle on the face, I guess, to sort of sell that it's doing something to this guy on on his i just think that's great you know what the octopus jiggle that made that whole scene worth it
0: <laughs> do you think he was a real octopus when it jiggled
1: oh 100 it was so natural so natural <laughs> great acting from the octopus here best yeah best acting in the film so far
0: yeah i do like this kind of theme of the octopus though i think the octopus is a cool looking creature so i do like having it in here Maybe they go a bit too far with it, with a character called Octopussy and everyone having tattoos of Octopus, but I I do like the shots they have of this Octopus. It's a good character.
1: I don't think they go far enough with Octopus, Octopi. I think Bond needed to have fought an Octopus. Or maybe the Octopus was the villain. (laughs) (laughs) Khan takes
0: off his hat and is, oh, it was an... Or maybe, um, yeah, the evil man... uh, under his turban, there's just an octopus pulling the strings like Ratatouille-style. <laughs> that would have been cool.
1: Yeah, each tentacle doing a different thing. Yeah, see? So many so many possibilities of oct- octopi, but there you are. <laughs> right, anyway, back to the film, yeah? Um, we are now heading... We're done with India for a while. We're into... Uh, back into Berlin. Um, into East Berlin. Uh, where... M has met with, uh, sorry, Bond has met with M in the car. And M is giving Bond his disguise for this area. He's being disguised as some sort of manufacturer, going to visit factories um, in East Berlin. And I do like that at one point, M just says to Bond, you're on your own. And I think Bond says, oh, well, that's comforting or something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, we do see later on that the rest of all this kind of bit in in Berlin, Bond is on his own. He doesn't have any backup. So, yeah, uh, they drive up to I assume it's like Checkpoint Charlie or somewhere on the crossing between uh, West and East Berlin, uh, and M leaves him, and Bond goes with a different contact further uh, further into it to um, to go find out more. And obviously, he's going there to to go find the circus that he saw on the the flyer in Octopussy's room.
0: I think like yeah, they briefly talk about the jewelry because he makes the joke about being the the tip of the tentacle or something. I don't think they really fully explain it. I'm still not too sure exactly why this jewellery stuff had to even be part of this plot. But I think it's because Bond was originally sent here to figure out what's going on with the jewellery. So I think there's like a small line here of Bond kind of explaining, like, actually, this jewellery is going to lead to something a lot bigger. Like, there's something much bigger going on here. It's not just fake jewellery. There is something bigger going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't M ask why would all of be interested in this? So, yeah, tip of the tentacle, as you say. Bond goes to the circus and goes to... Yep, go on, yep. (laughs) Tom's favourite place is back at the circus. Uh, He goes to sit down Isn't that one of
0: the Ian Fleming books, Bond Goes to the Circus?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they haven't used that one yet, actually. For some reason, they didn't use it for this one. Weird. So they've still got that one uh, in, in their in their back pocket to use. Uh, yeah, bonds at the circus. He goes to sit down. It's full of uh, loads of like uh, Russian army w- army men, um, and there's also Khan, Octopusy, the henchman. don't think all of is there. Or is, no, all no, of, he is there. Yeah, he is there. The twins are there. Yeah. It kind of goes to show how many characters we've got. They're all there. Everyone's there. The whole gang's back together. Um, and the circus like goes ahead and you see some of the acts and some of the like acrobatics or someone being shot out of a cannon. And oh, whilst this is happening, Bond is trying to sort of suss out what's going on. He's looking around and gets in the way of someone and someone tells him off and tells him to go sit back down. Uh, he eventually does spot one of the workers at the circus who's left his jacket or his coat or something on a chair. So he uses that as an opportunity to... Um, disguise himself as one of the, the staff at this circus because the next day um you get him kind of lifting up some of the i guess the circus is done it's packing away onto the train to move on to the next place so bond is there kind of helping out and carrying some things and trying to blend in to to find out more
0: oh you've it, missed one of bond's finest moments as well here have i where so he's trying to see what's going on and as you say everybody's here and he's trying to hide from them because they don't because I think Octopus he thinks Bond is dead. So they all think he's dead. So he's trying to hide from like from those guys. And there's just a brief scene where like he's trying to move through the crowd and this giant fat man gets up. <laughs> <laughs> so Bond uses his opportunity to hide behind him to get through the crowd.
1: Oh well, I I missed Bond hiding behind a fat
0: man. Yeah, but this guy is huge, but it's not like fat. It's, it's mostly how tall he is like he this is just a huge human being but you just got roger Moore like sneaking behind him in order to get around which is how he ends up sitting by the the german or the the russian soldiers
1: oh okay thank god for that fat man <laughs> yeah i
0: don't think he was in on it <laughs>
1: <laughs> imagine if he was no but he he could have saved he could have saved the world there that one man by being so big um Okay, yeah, I must have missed that bit. Uh, Okay, right. So now we're on to the whole train stuff. This is where I got very worried because... you love a train. I do love trains, and I do love one train stunt scene that comes up later on. I do not love this train stuff because, as I say, Bond is now, it's the next day, Bond is there with all the people packing up, and he spots one of the characters, he spots all of going into one of the carriages that's kind of on its own like a big red bright red one.
0: It is pink, right? Is it pink? Yeah.
1: Anyway, um he goes up to it and kind of hides around it to try and find out what's going on inside and inside we see uh all of is there with the jewelry which has been swapped out. So He's done his part of it, which is swapping out the fake Russian jewellery back in Moscow with the real stuff. So they've now got the real jewels in this train carriage. (laughs) I'm trying to be very... (laughs) Going through this point by point. Um, Is it real? Yeah, because then we cut to the repository we saw earlier in Moscow where where Gogol's there. um, And... The guy, some guy that knows about jewelry, clearly is examining the star, uh, Romanov star. That's what it's called, and he notices it's a fake because he crushes it on the floor. And so, um, I think Gogol probably suspects it's something to do with Olaf and asks where he, where he is. Okay. So yeah,
0: yeah, I got confused by this, but that I guess it makes sense because this there's this canister which becomes important. It's the canister full of the jewellery, but we did see it before when Bond was at the palace and has been captured by Khan. We see the evil man takes this canister of jewellery to the helicopter and then it flies itself over here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, that was all of taking it back to do the switcheroo. And now we've got the real stuff here. Right, um, and they are, as you say, they're sealing it away. It's in this canister, and they're sealing it away in the base of a cannon that's used in the circus. Why
0: can I? Why are they doing that? I don't why know. Why are they welding it?
1: I guess because at some point when they have to cross the border and there's going to be an inspection that they would not think to look there, but they probably could have hid it in many other places.
0: But they swap it out anyway, so I don't get why they weld because then they have to unweld it later. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the know. real reason is so Bond can fight somebody with a welding torch.
1: Oh yeah. That that great fight we get later on. Maybe that yeah. is it. Maybe that is it. So yeah, that's getting sealed away. Bond is still there uh around the train carriage and it eventually I think they're done so it eventually starts moving. So he has to he kind of t- uh goes underneath it and and uh kind of grips on underneath whilst it's moving
0: also i apologize if i'm making this more confusing but there are two trains here
1: yes there are there are two trains it's not
0: clear it's confusing but there is one because the the circus octopussy circus is traveling by train but there is a separate carriage the pink carriage which is what everyone was on with the jewelry and then everyone got off onto a different train to leave and bond stays with the train or the carriage anyway that has the jewelry on it.
1: That's right. That's right. Because, <laughs> bear with us. Uh, the train, the the carriage goes into a tunnel, and that is where the identical carriage is. Looks exactly the same, except in this one, there's a bomb. Because Bond sneaks over and is able to listen in. He switches. Yeah, he switches the one he's hiding with, and inside that one, I can't remember who's in there now actually, but they're talking about the nuke there's a nuke that's being loaded into the same the same exactly the same spot where the the jewelry was on the other one it's being put in the cannon base and um there's a guy there that's explaining about how to set the timer for it and what to do to trigger it and you know all all that sort of uh detail um yeah that's that (laughs) i think
0: i think so i don't (laughs) know It's so confusing, but because now there's just a bomb, everyone. This film is now about a bomb as well as the jewelry. <laughs> like, this is like now revealing the evil plan, but it really makes you miss this. Like, we take everyone takes the mick out of them. The scene where the guy sits down and explains his evil plan, but we don't get this. So instead, we just have like a random Russian officer explaining to like the evil looking man, be like, Here's a bomb to blow up. A base. It's like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, and we do get an explanation with the villain. That still just does happen, but it's just like, man, this re- this film could have done with one of those a little bit sooner, just a little bit sooner.
1: It, uh, yeah, it really, it really did. We have there's things in Bond films where they do this where they reveal a bit before you you understand. I mean, we had that in the last film where you see uh, the parents get shot in the boat. You don't really get what's going on, but then thankfully it's explained in the next scene. Whereas here it's you just you you do have to just sit with it and hold tight for a while and just not overthink it because yeah, suddenly there is a nuke and that is now another threat. Um But the 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 idea is that they're identical because they're gonna do that's how they're they're crossing the border because they're gonna switch it, sort of thing.
0: Which never the crossing the border thing, they mentioned it a lot, but I never really understood their plan for this. So I'm just gonna say, sure, why not? But I never really understood how this is like technically meant to work out—the switching of the tunnels and, like, in the tunnel, it's all it's all very strange.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is.
0: No, so yeah, so we have the two carriages in the tunnel, and Bond has jumped off the train at this point. Uh, so all the other train goes after they've done the old switcheroo. So Bond stays in the tunnel, and he's just running through the tunnel. And we cut to the general, Khan and Octopussy having champagne on the other train that left. And they're just, they give a brief thing of their, their plans, saying how the jewelry is going to net them like, well, I think it's like 300 million or something, like a ridiculous amount of money. Mm. And we get a little bit more about how the general saying how you get what you want and I get what I want, because what he wants is is the bomb, uh, while Khan wants the money for the jewelry. so... The train then stops and the general gets off and he leaves by car. And we just need to see that the general has left the train at this point, a different train. So we then go back into the tunnel where the the carriage, one of the trains is gone, but the other one has stayed. And we see the the twin is using the welder to unweld the the jewellery out of it, I believe.
1: Yeah, this is the first one with the jewellery in it still.
0: Yeah, so this is still that one. That's the carousel that's currently here. So the twin is doing that, Bond is coming up behind them, and the Bond sees, no the twin Sorry, sees Bond in the diamond that he's looking at because all the fake jewellery is now out and he opens it up. And he just quickly turns around and points the welder at Bond. And Bond's like, ah, and just oh, no. gets away from it. <laughs> there we go. So because the twin is all about throwing knives, he starts throwing knives and it gets very close to hitting Bond but never actually hits him. So Bond then kicks this lever because because they're using the cannon to smuggle this, the cannon's there. So he kicks a lever and that drops the the cannon down and he knocks him out. And is that it for this twin? Does well, he actually actually die rather than get knocked out?
1: I mean in this scene it looks like he just gets knocked out because he gets bonked by, I mean to be fair it's a big cannon, but you know, yeah, he just gets hit on the head by a cannon. But then later on, yeah, the other with the other twin, you have to assume that he died from this.
0: Yeah, like I didn't think about it too much because to me it just seemed a silly, ha-ha, man gets hit on head. But yeah, he probably died, so that's Oops. sad. Yeah. So I think the train then comes and picks up... So because it's a separate carriage, there's actually a separate little train that connects to it and then moves it. So... Bond steals the clothes of the twin that he just killed. Uh, And then the train comes to take the carriage away of what Bond quickly, like, in the the guy's clothes, like, thumbs up to the driver very quickly. And Bond also then puts the twin in the cannon and points it upwards, which I don't remember where that goes, but I guess we'll find out together. (laughs) Um, So then this train is taking on longer than stops and the general enters the carriage of which, at this point, Bond has his gun. He's waiting for him, has a gun, and points at him and asks him, what's going on? Like, why is there a bomb on the train? And he doesn't really say that much because he's just like, "Mm -hmm." like, the general's just being a bit evil, and we actually get Bond figuring this out. So he says, "Why? like, there's a bomb going to the US base because this circus... This isn't really explained, I'm only realising it now. This circus was performing for the Russian troops in East Germany, and now they're going to use the train to transport the circus to West Germany to do the same performance for the Americans. But as part of this whole bomb plot, the the train's going to West Germany and the American base has a bomb on it. Of which Bond is all like, I'm concerned about this bomb going off. And he's like, well, what will happen when the U.S. retaliates? Then he's like, "Mm -hmm." I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says it's so smarmy, like, uh, retaliate against who?
1: (laughs) (laughs) you got a very good impression of him. Well done.
0: It's very Dr. Evil. (laughs) It's very much that. Uh, After which Bond then says,
1: oh, of course. (laughs) It's so obvious. (laughs) Yeah, Bond does all the the kind of explaining here, really, because he just works it out.
0: Yeah, and he's like, of course... So we have our early warning tracking warning systems for bombs and nukes. And because of that system, the Western Front will say, well, it can't be Russia because we would have seen it earlier. And they would assume that an accidental bomb has gone off in a US Army base, of which will then accelerate Europe's uh, plans for disarmament, because of these bombs of which this point russia or the general Olaf, more specifically will have a much larger force and can then I- invade
1: everyone got that nice and simple <laughs> that's an easy nice and simple yeah. i feel
0: like this plot line on itself is fine it's just we were messing around with jewelry and we get in the space of like a minute suddenly this like U.S. base and this bomb going off, and then like, well, of course, it's the early track, it's the tracking system. Damn them!
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This this in itself is a is a perfectly adequate plot for a a Bond film. You know, making it look like an accident to to cause disarmament, and then that's Russia's cue to step in. Great. All right, that's cold Cold War gold there. Um, Why did we need the jewels and the egg and? god knows how much else we've spoke about in this i just don't know
0: but this yeah this could have been really good like a a rogue general trying to start this you know the the idea behind it's good it's just this is the first time we've heard this and we're about to hit like nearly three hours into this episode (laughs) and we're just talking about the entire point of the whole film and i guess you could argue previous bond films have done this like with the moonraker plots where they've kind of we only really find out he's trying to create a super race uh, towards the end but even then everything is going towards that but it also really makes you miss macguffins like remember oh, yeah. when it was just like the solex and all you had to worry about was who has the solex like i guess the jewelry is supposed to be the solex but you have the egg then you have the fake egg and the real egg then you have the canister kind of, sort of jewelry and then there's like a bomb alongside that like it's Give me... We want MacGuffins, please. Like, if if this is the replacement for MacGuffins, no thank you. Give me MacGuffins again.
1: This is why I like the ATAC. It was nice and simple.
0: Everyone understood
1: the ATAC. I got it. I got it. I do not get this.
0: Oh, but...
1: So, yes. Yeah, so the general
0: says, oh, it's too late, of which a, a Russian soldier then enters the carriage, of which Bond shoots him in the head straight away, and the general uses this chance to run away. And there's a load of other soldiers there. And he's like, kill Bond, kill Bond. Of which a bit of a firefight comes out between Bond and the soldiers. Well, it's not much of one. Because basically the general's running off, Bond is chasing after And a soldier show up and Bond just shoot them. Then he just kind of moves on. Of which the general then... Hold on. Does he get on the train? Or does he get in a car?
1: I think he's on a different train. Because Bond steals his car.
0: Yeah, because Bond gets in a car... But I'm pretty sure we see the General in a car later. But I guess we're going to find out how that happens.
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: It's very confusing. So yeah, so because we are still just outside the tunnel, I think. And yeah, so so the General gets on the train and leaves. Bond tries to shoot, but he misses. So Bond, to chase, steals his car and drives after them. There's a bit more shooting. For some reason, Bond knocks a load of soldiers out by using these barrels, which was just like the limpest thing I've ever seen. Like, forget Q not being able to keep it up. I'm like, I'm oh. <laughs> Good one. Thanks. Um, so, Bond drives over these spikes. Like, these, Uh, what do you call them? Like, spike traps? Tire traps?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. Like, reversing tire trap things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, he drives over those, which punches all his tires. Uh, but he does it just as he's arriving at this, like, crossing for the train tracks. So,. He then, because he now has no tyres, for some reason they just completely disappear, pretty much, he then puts the car on the train tracks and then starts driving along the train track like a train to trace after the general on the other train. Which the Bond theme then kicks in. And... We, we get some reaction shots of people, but luckily these are very brief, it's very quick just people kind of reacting to it because they do somewhat treat it like a look at bond and his wackiness but i actually didn't mind it that much this time because it's a lot more toned down it's not quite as over the top as we've seen like uh in previous one of these
1: yeah I, a car could if it was the right width maybe go on a train track and ride along it oh, I, I quite like that as a as a little uh gimmick that was fine
0: yeah, I didn't mind it either. I was surprised that I don't mind it. I think that's why I'm a bit confused here, as well as everything else. But um, <laughs> yeah, but the visual of it is quite fun. Roger Moore is Bond in this car on tracks chasing after a train. That's a fun visual.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, i got to be honest, from this point on, the film does get a lot simpler and I, I do like more where this is going compared to what we've had before.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, So we're basically going into a big, large action sequence involving this train where bond pulls like so a man sees bond behind the train so then he puts bond on a different track of which bond can then pull up alongside the train of which he jumps on his car by jamming the accelerator pedal with an umbrella and clump comes on and this also happens just as another train is coming alongside the other track so just as the car gets smashed Bond jumps on there's quite a few of these little moments in this scene or this film towards the end and i get why they have them here but none of these felt really close like tense at all but there's a lot of near misses here
1: Mm. yeah yeah although at least we're now on to well i suppose not quite there yet but yeah this the whole train bit coming up i think is one of the film's stronger points you just can't go wrong with trains honestly they tried They did try, but I think even with this, there is still elements to be redeemed.
0: (laughs) Well, tell me all about it, Joe. I would love to hear about it.
1: Okay. Okay, so yeah, the train smashes into the car that Bond was driving and it goes, it goes, gets launched basically quite far away. Um, And as Bond jumps over and is now on the train with the, uh, the general, you do see, which is a bit out of the blue. And I might be getting the order of this slightly wrong, but it does happen, is Gogol is uh is now suddenly here. <laughs> he I guess, yeah, he knew roughly where Orlov was, I, I suppose. And so he's he's come over and he finds the wrecked car. And this is where I think I'm right in that yeah, this was Orlov's car because it has the jewellery in it. In in the I guess in the boot or wherever they put it. And he spots the jewellery and he, he kind is it, Oh, here's
0: the question. Pop quiz. Is it real or fake?
1: This is the real stuff. Okay. This is the real stuff because earlier on, didn't Bond take the star out of it and kept it?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So Google now knows that all of us has betrayed uh, the Soviet Union, or at least from his perspective... And stolen, stolen the jewelry. Back on the train, Bond is in one of the rooms with uh, the cannon, and there's loads of costumes and stuff in there as well because it's you know it's for a circus. So there's all this other stuff against the walls, and the train is stopped for its inspection because I guess now is when it's crossing the border from east to west Germany, and so you get um, you get some guards coming in to look around and. Uh, I think you get a little brief shot with with Octopussy as well, uh, up near the front of the train. But at the back, there's um, uh, in the in the cannon car. There is uh, this costume, this gorilla costume, which Bond decides to go into. I guess whilst the uh, the the people are there inspecting, and I think is the henchman here at this point as well. Yeah.
0: So this is kind of all led by the evil man, where they're just kind of. I think, so this is where I confuse myself with the general, where the general is driving his car. I don't know how he got into that car, because I had it in his notes that he got on the train, but now he's in a car, so I don't don't know. But he actually spots Bond, which I think rises, or he probably reports it or something. Or There's some sort of suspicious thing going on. So they're like inspecting the train, which Bond decides to hide in a gorilla suit, which doesn't make much sense. But yeah, he's in a gorilla suit now.
1: Yeah, he definitely likes his costumes in this film. Um, As you say, Olof is there because he's driven up and is seeing the train over the border. And so he, in, you know, he's he's gone mad and he just needs to get to the train. So he tries to just run straight through the border, uh, which is obviously not going to work too well when there are armed guards right next to it. So as he just starts running through them, he eventually does get shot. By one of the guards in the back, just as Gogol arrives and, and tells him to stop this guard. Um and so, yeah. Uh, Olaf is there, dying on the train tracks. Gogol comes up to him and, and asks about, or says, like, what you know, what's going on, and uh how he's a traitor or a thief to the, the Soviet Union. And just as he's dying, you get like perfectly perfectly in character for for this character is just. Nice cheesy schlocky line about soon I'll be known as the hero, and then eyes roll back, and and that's how that's how all of this is dealt with. Just quite quite simple when it comes to it, nothing too crazy for what is a crazy character.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted a little bit more. Get run over by the train, something like that. Yeah, but I, just I didn't. get shot. Yeah, I do really like this idea of him going mad and storming through the checkpoint and Gogol kind of being the one there. But it's just we haven't spent enough time with these characters at all. We've been ta- in India talking about jewellery or some nonsense and Octopussy and the Octopus cult. So it's just, well, I've already said it. If this film was a bit more focused on this stuff, this could have been a really kind of nice moment. And I do like this idea of what they do here. It's just like it's such a footnote, although it's not really a footnote because it kicks off what's going on. But it's ugh. yeah, just a mess.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh back on the train, once again. Khan is in the cannon room with Gobinda, and they are they are arming the bomb. They're trying to work out the timing of it all. You know, the show, the circus show at this army base starts at three and give us a bit of time for delays, so on and so forth. So let's set it for 3.45 is the time that it's going to detonate. And uh yeah, they're they're putting it all in and and, and setting it all up ready to go. Bond is still there in the gorilla outfit, still in disguise, uh listening to all this and, and watching what they're doing. Uh Khan goes, but uh the henchman stays there and at one point um Bond sort of in the gorilla outfit makes some noise or trips slightly and and yeah causes a little bit of a uh distraction over there which is enough to get Gobinda to investigate basically and he, he heads on over and um Chops off the 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 gorilla's head with a sword, although thankfully Bond is now no longer in there. He's uh, taken that as a chance to escape out onto the roof of the train carriage and the little hatch.
0: Which and makes no sense, the way it's shot, but that's
1: fine. It doesn't make any sense, because how would it still... Yeah, how is it upright still? And How, is it how do you do that quickly? Do that <laughs> it
0: just doesn't know. It makes no sense.
1: No. Well, we'll come up to a similar thing with the clown disguise later on. But uh, yeah, now he's on the roof... And uh, Gobinda did briefly see like his legs go up, so he knows he's, he's up there and um, something's going on. There's someone on on the train, or well, I guess he doesn't know at this point. It's Bond necessarily. Maybe I don't know. Doesn't really no, matter. No, I don't
0: think so. No, yeah, because it, they asked later, like, "Do you, did you recognize him?" And then he's like, "No," which I I was like, "What do you mean, no?" <laughs> <laughs> but I think they just dropped that line in there because can't ask him if you recognize him. Uh, but I think they dropped that in there to just say, yeah, these just a reminder, guys, they think Bond is dead. So they know somebody's attacking them, but they don't actually know it's Bond. Not that that it means that doesn't mean anything like that has no impact or anything, but they throw it in there.
1: Yeah. Well, they do get that. I do like these scenes coming up now where Bond's on the, the roof of the train and uh eventually sort of like has to go onto the side of it and, um, Dodge some things on the side of the train like there's some bushes that come past and you get all these shots of someone actually doing this and we've mentioned before in this podcast about one of the good things about a train is in bond films is that there is always just a natural sense of of danger you know the speed and 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 things like that so this is great you know there's actually some good stunt work here it's obviously not roger moore uh but it doesn't i don't think it was too distracting here where it's clearly cut into a stunt actor you just get some interesting things being on top of a train and, and yeah, hanging on and doing all sorts of funky stuff.
0: Yeah, you see a lot more of it than you would expect for a Bond film in the 80s. Like, they do show a lot of the shots of this man hanging on the train, which is really cool. It's yeah. something that I think the franchise has done very well, at least over the last 10 years, is doing these practical stunts and getting really great shots of it. And yeah, as you say, they, they do that here, and it looks really good. And it does make me think, like, the idea of having this big finale on this train and having a bomb heading towards something a bond has to stop it it's a really strong idea it's just everything up to this point has really soured it a bit but the idea of it is really strong and i would love if this kind of stuff was in a different bond film because i think on its own it's actually really cool
1: you can't go wrong with an element of yeah some some sort of time sensitive end of the world thing Right. It's it's very, it's very basic, but it works. You know, there's this bomb that's about to go off. We know the time and we will eventually see that they, they you know, they, they really emphasize that when they show like how much time is left on the, on the detonator. Yeah, yeah. That's the sort of stuff where on paper it's, it's so, it's so simple, but then it's bringing it to life in these sort of ways and doing the stunts on the trains and things. Um, but anyway, Bond eventually climbs up to the carriage where Octopussy is in and she's, having like a massage or something uh, and tries to get her attention but Khan spots him out the window and shoots the window and tries to shoot him try and get him which uh gives bond a chance to well m- means that bond needs to go and escape a little bit more and, and climb up um back onto the roof because that's where Khan tells gobinda to go up and go up and sort him out and so you get a little bit of a Uh, A scene with him, Bond, and one of the twins is there, eventually. I think maybe a little bit later on he he turns up. But, uh, yeah, you get uh, Bond and and Gobinda. Has he got a big sword? I feel like he has another big stabby sword. Yeah,
0: it's a a big sword.
1: Yeah, this bit's fine. I wouldn't say this bit's amazing. It's just uh, kind of more of the same, to be honest with you. Eventually, yeah, one of the twins is there, and they... Both somehow in like all the commotion get thrown off of the train together. And yeah, I don't know Bob- how it's a bit weird. I don't know. They don't like know enter
0: exactly. a tunnel, but they're because Bond is just like wrestling and he's really climbing all over this train trying to get away from uh, Gobinda. Uh, but then he ends up fighting the twin and yeah, they just both fall off.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, because he uses the steam at one point from one of the pipes or something, doesn't he? But yeah, they fall off this train and Bond ru- uh, runs off into this uh, forested area. Um, and uh, the twin follows him with his knives, and there is a little cabin for some reason, very very helpfully nearby. There's a little cabin which Bond is about to uh, go into when he gets he gets knifed. Well, not not really, but he he gets stuck in place like a circus act by the the twin, and he kind of yeah throws those knives all around him to keep him in place, and goes up to him and uh, with his final one is uh, is about to. He's about to kill bond and says something along the lines of this is for my brother. So that's why that's why I do think the other guy died. Well, maybe oh, he he's must, just yeah, he must have done. Yeah. Uh, and as just as is about to do that and stab bond, bond opens the door um to like make him fall through and takes one of the knives and and throws it in the guy's back instead. And you get a nice sort of line here where he says and that's for 009.
0: I imagine but, yeah. how much better this would have been if like that opening scene wasn't so
1: silly. <laughs> Oh, what was it, like, being trapped on the door?
0: Well, being clowns and stuff. Like Because this is shot, a lot of the chasing stuff is shot exactly like that uh, early scene. With, oh, you know, right. 009 running through, and now we've got, you know, it's the classic Bond thing of something you saw early on in the film, we're going to do that, but this time it's with James Bond, so how is James Bond going to get out of this one? But the fact that that scene was like, 009 was a clown, and also just the fact this film's a mess... <laughs> Just means this doesn't really have that impact. I, I think I would have liked this a lot in another film. And on paper it, it sounds great, but actually watching it it was like Well, it's it's so forced. Like there's a train with a bomb and now they're just fighting in the forest just to it's Yeah. It's 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 a cool idea, but it, it doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah, lots of the, lots of the film just doesn't really work for me. Um I did like the double oh nine line, but yeah. Uh, at that point, the train has now you know, gone off quite far ahead, so Bond is is stuck. So he needs to try and get back to the train. He tries to hitchhike uh, unsuccessfully. And no one's really paying attention to him. And there's one car uh, full of like, young people that slows down to sort of bait him to come and join him, and then they just drive off. I did love Bond just being completely screwed over like that. <laughs> it's just yeah, it, <laughs> this, this end-of-the-world situation. And he said, nope. Never mind. He's just jogging along the road with his thumb out. <laughs> it looks so sad. It looks yeah. so sad. Uh he eventually does find one though. It's this German couple who keep trying to feed him sausages or beer or something like that. Both of them, yeah, just yeah. A-
0: any any German cuisine, they're like, Oh, take it, take it. <laughs> He's
1: like, No. No, 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 Danke, no, Danker, <laughs> Just like, yeah, pointing out where he needs to go and everything. And uh he eventually they eventually park in this little town area where he gets out, runs off and tries to go into a phone booth, I guess, to try and ring up someone to let them know or get something. And uh, there's a truly annoying woman who gets in there just in the way, they're just in front of him and, and uh, won't let him in. She's a very, uh, very important phone call she has to make, clearly. So instead, he just steals her car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, spots, he spots the car that she came out of and, uh, and takes that instead. And that leaves him driving off and then being chased by the local police force there in that town.
0: This bit did kind of make me laugh a bit, not massively, but yeah, as you say Bond desperately trying to get to this bomb and just kind of having to deal with these annoyances was
1: quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It it's it's silly, but it's not too silly. It's just just the right level. Yeah.
0: But alongside this, uh, there's been shots of a of the circus coming to the army base so as bond is running as he's getting to this town we are seeing that well there's this big parade going into the army base so they have successfully entered the base and we see octopus e khan and uh the evil henchmen have all met up as the at the circus as bond is trying to get there so as bond is being chased by the police to get there we see khan is sitting next to a u.s general or a high-ranking officer And the circus has begun. So all the American troops are watching the circus and Khan is there with the U.S. general as he's watching it and he's having a great time, of which Khan says that I I need to go, unfortunately. So this is all part of their plan because Khan and the the henchmen know that this is going to go off. So their plan is to leave a little bit early because I think the person who explained it from before is that they needed like 20 minutes, it's even like 20 miles is the radius oh, they needed like 20 minutes to drive off. It's something to do with 20, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. So Khan gets away. Uh, the, the car doesn't start instantly, and then it does. Again, actually kind of a little bit of a funny moment, nothing amazing, but it's quite nice, especially with how slimy Khan is. I quite liked it.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: and we see Bond is just manically trying to drive down this motorway being chased by the police. And... The thing I actually quite liked about this chase scene is, first of all, I really like this idea of Bond manically trying to get here to stop it. But also the German police aren't stupid.
1: <laughs> like, Wow, yeah.
0: Yeah, it feels very much like a reference, like a poking fun at it previously, where, because in previous films, the police chase and the slightest little turn they have to make, they spin out and go crazy. But we actually see some very, I want to say, deliberate shots of the German police kind of losing their way a little bit but then just like correcting and i think one of them just like a, a 180 or something like that like it was actually really refreshing to see the police and i feel like it was deliberately done to show like actually the german police are pretty good <laughs> like yeah it was it was deliberately done like that
1: yeah no other police force around the world they're all terrible but germans they're they're actually competent
0: yeah they'll get you uh so we get a lot of shots of the bomb timer and so Bond eventually gets to the U.S. Army base and pulls off, but he pulls off in a way so the German police, I don't think, really see him. And Bond drives past Khan in the car, of which the henchman's like, should we go after him? What should we do? And Khan's like, just let him go. Like, he's going to go and get blown up, so it's fine. Yeah. And then it's a lot of jumping between Bond trying to get to the Army base and the circus going on. We get a little show of Magna, who... She's a magician, Forgot to mention it at this point, but she does magic. So that's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Magna the Magnificent, something like that. <laughs> Spin-off. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Bond eventually gets to the army base and the guy at the thing says so like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And Bond's like, damn it, man, this is urgent. We've got to go. There's a bomb. We've got to stop him. Of which the guy doesn't really believe them. So he then just goes and everyone starts chasing him. Is it at this point that he gets out of the car and just starts running?
1: yeah yeah he just legs it
0: yeah i think so because we also see the the american are chasing and i think we get some shots of like the american cars just instantly crashing which is why i think they're kind of like poking fun at americans and also like having the germans not nearly crash and not crash and then showing like the american cars just straight away crashing i think was like a joke they were putting in there
1: oh i I gotta admit I, i didn't catch that watching it but it sounds good
0: Well, something you probably did catch is that Bond gets into the caravans and gets grabbed by a monkey very briefly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to where all the circus people stay, which is why there's a monkey there, of course, and sees a load of clowns running into the circus. So he gets the idea of maybe I can dress up as a clown. So he gets into a trailer. We see that there's like less than five minutes left on the bomb. Again, lots of cutting to keep the pace going on this one. And Bond then comes out in clown gear, the exact same clown gear we saw on 009 at the very start of the film.
1: The exact same. With uh, emphasis on how good the makeup is as well.
0: Yeah, he does a great job.
1: Yeah, all with, you know, what, two, three minutes to spare? Like, the
0: Pond's gotta go off in five minutes and
1: then we just do the eyes, hang
0: on. Come on, yeah, they're not gonna buy it. <laughs> so Bond then gets into the circus where it's being performed and we see a lot of bond is trying to track people down and trying to stop this and we see the kids go crazy for the clown bond is kind of interrupting the act of the guy who's going to get fired out the cannon but everyone kind of enjoys it as part of the the act and we see that everyone the americans or the the security now know that bond is dressed up as a clown they report to each other like go and find a clown so they go into the circus tent and arrest a different clown which actually yeah. made me
1: laugh <laughs> poor guy
0: someone else gets arrested but bond dressed as his clown gets to the general so the u.s general we saw before where Carl was at the general is there with octopussy and bond says like hey like there's a bomb and the guy's like ha ha what a great act oh, this guy's <laughs> this guy's crazy so bond tries to explain to octopus he's like you've been double crossed there's a bomb here this is all going to explode and you're going to be killed. That You know, Karnas double-crossed you. Of which she like... Bond is like, tell tell them that you know me. Which he, she just doesn't for some reason. Mm, yeah. I guess she's too deep in force or something.
1: Not the best time to be distracted.
0: No. So Bond then starts getting into a fight because the security grab him. But then all the rest of the circus acts start fighting the security as well.
1: It's just chaos. I don't know how this really happens, but yeah, suddenly it's just everyone is there fighting and there's this giant crowd.
0: Yeah, it's like the circus people don't, I guess the circus people don't know that Bond is Bond and there's a reason they're arresting the clown. So they just assume there's US security is just arresting one of their clowns and they take that personally. And then we get some city shots of circus people fighting US army security, which is.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I'm just numb
0: to it at this point.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.
0: So Bond grabs an axe. He's grabbed by security eventually, but says, there's a bomb, there's a bomb, of which he then exposes the bomb in the cannon. And they let Bond go. He goes to defuse the bomb. We see the old metal ring technique, like we saw in The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, where we yep. get another scene where Bond is slowly sliding out the bomb between these metal rings, and he gets it out at the very last second of which Bond is thanked and he's a hero. Octopussy is told that Khan is going off to India, so she storms off and we have Bond as a clown just standing there. And that's your scene. That's the, the big action end. scene,
1: I guess. <laughs> I didn't mind this, actually. i got to be honest. Okay, so like Roger to... Moore
0: is a clown. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Where thumbs, are you up. With thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs
1: up for me. Yeah, I don't mind Roger Moore as a clown, actually. I, I know a lot of people don't. but I don't. Yeah. You not? No. Eh. I, don't know. I mean, it. I can still appreciate like, the scene and uh, the like, the tension of it. I think they did a good job of that. Um, the fact that, Bo- I mean, excusing the whole thing about like he looks far too good to have that taken like a minute. That that's silly, obviously. But I think in terms of the setting and him, he needs to blend in, and he's a clown. Yeah, so what? It's fine.
0: I mean, you're right. I mean. Overall, I would say this is quite solid as well, but it's, it's just a really solid idea. I love seeing Bond being a bit manic. It's kind of what we got with The Man with the Golden Gun when he was driving after Scaramanga in the red car, where it's it's a bit more of a manic, desperate Bond. And yeah. we really get that here, and it's really great to see. I love seeing Bond like this, where he's just like, "There's a guys, there's a bomb! But he decides <laughs> that he has to like take on the entire... US security force off this base, which is extremely risky, so that adds a lot of tension to it. So, I would have preferred No Monkey and I would have preferred some of this circus stuff to be died down, but yeah, surprisingly solid, really good idea, and overall is actually done quite well.
1: Yeah, I like Bond being out of control of the situation, trying to and, and and yeah, sounding like a madman to people, just yelling, Bomb, there's a bomb, and just grabbing an axe and just like about to swing it. And being held back by people i mean it's frustrating but that's like, like you know it's the point of it like yeah it's um i think i can definitely forgive the whole clown aspect of it because other i, I think the scene works anyway even if if he wasn't dressed as a clown would it be better eh, probably but <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's fine for me yeah
0: can we ask that question in other scenes but well, the opposite would this scene be better if he was dressed as a clown <laughs>
1: um maybe vesper's death <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like a teardrop
1: <laughs> <laughs> sad clown uh. <laughs> maybe not yeah i don't know um and i, I like how octopusy octopussy that is the one that shoots it and reveals the bomb as well so kind of a nice little well, we're not quite at the end of the film yet but it's a, a nice thing for her to have done rather than bond
0: yeah, this, this yeah, it was a nice surprise this ending bit, from considering how the rest of the film has gone. This bit was surprisingly good. Now that we've stripped away some of the fat of the story it, it works a lot better and it does kind of show the potential that maybe this film had if they were if it was just better written to have that fat stripped away earlier. Because now that like the general is dead and it's more just about like can't portray an and a bomb going off it just works way better. It's just way more interesting.
1: Yeah, totally. At the Circus Still, uh, we find out that Khan has gone back to India. I think Magda says that. So that's that's where we're off to next. We, we're not. It seems like the final, like the finale of the film. But no, we have to deal with Khan still. Um, and we do cut back to India. We do see Khan in his monsoon palace. Uh, he's basically packing up. He's ready to move on. He's there with uh, his henchman Gobinda, and he's got sort of these. Um, Uh, note forgery things or something along those lines like he's got plans to make a lot of money basically wherever he goes to next even yeah because his this plan's clearly failed so uh he's there ready to run away um but we've also got Octopus's women and everyone like ready to infiltrate and take him out uh, are they on the boat do we see the boat again oh
0: i'm not sure about the boat i think we just see them next to the walls of the palace
1: Okay so they got yeah they got there somehow um and they're all there some of them are like climbing up with like big poles and stuff like that and uh other ones are sort of distracting the guards as well it's a little bit of a, a hodgepodge of what's going on uh but you've also got um octopussy wait <laughs> how does octopussy get up to Khan
0: yeah, she's there. Like, I, Well, they all just climb up, don't they? I think they climb up separately. Like, there's the human pyramid, but then, like, there's
1: ropes. Right. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she get, like, balanced up on a big stick or something?
0: Yeah, so, oh, yeah, yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. Like, power
0: vault uh, or something.
1: Yeah, because she goes up to, to Khan to stop him and to kill him. Um, and... Then, I don't know. (laughs) How does... I don't... I can't even remember how Khan overpowers her. It's... Uh.
0: Yeah, so I believe it's like Khan is burning a load of papers and then Octopus, he has a gun, waits for the evil man to leave because he was in there, then points the gun and I think it's just simply a case of the alarm goes off. Like, everyone gets... Like, the evil man sees the Octopus cult, which sounds the alarm... Which then distracts Octopussy, which allows uh, her to be grabbed.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, her plan to kill him doesn't last very long, and she is no. she is t- taken. Uh, she's kidnapped by Khan, basically, and and uh, Gobinda. Meanwhile, uh, we see a big Union Jack hot air balloon descend onto the onto the palace. Of course, inside is Bond. And Q. Q's here for the final <laughs> battle. Because <laughs> Bond is asking how... Oh, I hope you know how to use this contraption, as if he's never seen a hot air balloon before. But uh, yeah, Q's there to descend onto the palace. And it's so st- Why is Q here for this?
0: Because they just love having Bond and Q together. I don't know. Q I did it at so. the end of the last film as well. Like, he just showed up in confession. I think they just like having Q pop up again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean he does get involved in a bit of the action later on, so good for him. But yeah, Bond is there to to uh also break into the palace and try and get Khan and not remember how he gets in. Again, like a lot I'm so I was so done by this point that a lot of the details. Bond is in the palace basically. Um all I remember is there's this one bit with a tiger rug that he uses to spook one of the guards by presumably making a tiger's like cat sound. And then slides down the banister of the staircase and just shoots everyone down it. Um, well,
0: he also shoots the end of the staircase so he doesn't get hit.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, you've got to protect got to protect some parts now, isn't he? <laughs> the crown um, jewels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, on, in my notes here, I've got LCD watch. Yes. I'm struggling to actually remember what this means.
0: So we see that because earlier in the film, when they were, they were at Q branch, when they were doing the whole let's zoom in on the cleavage thing, it was to show off the gadget of... We have a watch that has a screen on it, so you can just look at the screen and see what a camera sees. And this time Bond now has that watch, but Q has a load of cameras on his hot air balloon, which is still in. So he sees... That octopusy has been knocked out and is being taken away. So Q sends that footage to Bond, and it helps Bond find a secret exit at the back of the place where Khan has taken a knocked-out octopusy.
1: Wow. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even know there was a secret exit. Because uh, in my in my bit, of, my my main focus around this time was not so much Bond, but at one point, uh, one of the guard, uh, yeah, one of Khan's guards is about to attack some of the um, octopuses, cult women. And Q, in his hot air balloon still, slowly comes down and knocks out the guard with the basket from behind. And all the women come up to him and as he gets out and they're all they rush over and uh, t- touching him and kissing him. Oh, oh, thank you so much. And uh, Q's just like, no, get away, get off, get off, not now. And then a little pause and he goes, Later, perhaps. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> come on, Elke, wants a little bit of the action as well. So it's not just a Bond. <laughs> it's not daft. <laughs> um, but yeah, Khan has taken uh, octopusy on horseback with Gobinda and they are riding off to uh, a plane to escape. And Bond also jumps on a horse and rides after them. And just as the plane is taken off, Bond manages to ride up with a horse and grab onto the back of the plane. And we get this little scene of Bond clinging onto the plane uh, as Khan, well, he, know, he sees that Bond is on there, so he starts doing all these manoeuvres to try and shake him off, like flipping around and you know, barrel rolls or what have you. Uh, although it doesn't really work very well, Bond climbs onto one of the wings and starts to yank out some of the wires on the wing. Uh, which stalls one of the engines and at this point Khan obviously a bit worried and saying he's going to kill us all so he prompts the uh henchman Gobinda to go out and take care of Bond and I like how this guy has been so tough and everything so far this henchman and you suddenly get him going outside (laughs) it's like you actually see him a bit worried now um but he does it he does go out there and they're both on on the plane and he tries his best to overpower Bond, but Bond uses the best weapon of them all—an antenna—to oh. to thwart the henchman and and like whack it back in his face, which causes him to let go and fall off off of the plane. Honestly, who needs gadgets when you have antennae? eh?
0: Such yeah. a weak end for this character. Like you feel like they kept him alive for a reason. Like I'm surprised he's still here, but no. Bond just quickly kills him with a. Antenna. Yeah. Really it's just quick. That it feels so pointless.
1: Yeah. Uh he gets into the plane where Octopus is. I think she is kind of woken up now. And this is the bit I got quite confused at because it looks like Khan is trying to land the plane. Um. And so the plane is descending, except it's descending right near a cliff, like a cliff edge. So Bond and Octopussy jump out of the plane in time, and then Khan just crashes in the plane. Yeah, but I, I felt like I missed something. Uh, was it was the was it because the plane was out of control at this point? Because I engine? think so.
0: Yeah, I think it's just the engine because Bond rips out one of the wires for one of the engines. He just Khan has just completely lost control of it and is just trying to land but can't because he's just I guess a bad pilot. But yeah, it's a bit weird because yeah, it just just leads to him going off the edge of the cliff and exploding and that's khan dead
1: yeah he just explodes nice and good and that's it bye bye khan
0: i don't think this bad or this section on the plane is that bad i thought i thought it was all right it's just kind of a bit of a disappointing end for both these characters like uh the henchman is just very quickly flicked off and khan just kills himself by blowing up the plane it's like okay but you know it's similar to the train stuff seeing bond climbing on a plane and some of these shots are pretty impressive because it is quite practical what they did. And I'm sure they actually had someone hanging off this plane. And I think that stuff is solid. It's just maybe a little bit of a disappointing end for the characters.
1: It really is. Yeah. I just, I, just too many characters and then none of them have satisfying conclusions. Um, I, I, Although having said that, I do like the, was, whenever something crashes like this, they always do have to have the shot of like the character going, ah, and then just suddenly flames. So I like that you got that for Khan as well. But uh, <laughs> maybe that's just me. Uh, and yeah, that's it. So they've jumped out. Everything's good. The day is saved. We see back in London in, I take it as M's office, I can't actually remember, but M is there with uh, Gogol, who is obviously very happy with that They've got the jewels back and asks about, can I get the, uh, can can we get the Romanov star back? Um, Em's like, I'm sure that that's fine. And uh, he wants to congratulate Bond, but unfortunately Bond is recuperating from his injuries um, from the mission. So we, we see Bond back in India with Octopussy. He's got all these casts on. He's got his leg up on this bed and looking, yeah, looking pretty bad and Octopussy is there and uh can't remember the line she says but eventually you find out that Bond's actually fine he rolls her over he breaks all the stuff that he's got the cast he yanks his leg down um and they start kissing cue credits not before one more um James there's there's one one last James at the end as well
0: yeah very awkward
1: James and then cue credits cue Cue
0: all-time high
1: we're well, on an all time high, aren't we, after that film? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think
0: <laughs> if I've got anything to say about this specific stuff. Uh not really. Like I guess it's nice that it's not so over the top, this this end scene. It's still the same form of bond with the girl messing around, but at least it's a bit more toned down, but yeah, not it's as quick. bad as the last few.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No no calls to the Queen or Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good, I'm glad.
0: Do you remember who has to go first?
1: I don't. Do you?
0: No. That's bad. I think
1: I, th- I think you went first last time.
0: Okay, because it was for your eyes only. I think I did. I think I went first as well. So,
1: okay. Coffee, go, Joe. All right. Well, I'm going to keep this brief because I feel like you, if you haven't gathered by now, my opinion of this film, what you've been listening to for the past three hours or so. um... I didn't like this film. I really didn't like this film. Uh, (laughs) What a come (laughs) down. What a come down from Furious Only back to this. And I think that, as I said earlier, I think that was part of the reason why I just didn't like this film so much. Uh, It just dragged. It dragged, but as you say, with so much detail, like plot points, it dragged in the weirdest way where I wanted it to be over. um, And it felt long, but it was also so crowded with characters and plot points and, location changes and everything um it yeah the plot was just needlessly over like complex i really didn't like i didn't really like the the bit with the the uh ambush on the the palace at the end i think it could have probably ended after after the bomb defusal and defusal and somehow got rid of khan another way it just felt tacked on um music we haven't really discussed the music very much in this film that's because it to me it was pretty much non-existent as a Bond theme every now and then. And we had the slow, the slow down version of the main theme as we usually do, but really nothing stood out to me music wise. Uh, I didn't like Octopussy very much. She was all right, but she wasn't great. Didn't like Magda. I thought Roger Moore looked really quite old. I didn't like Orlov. It was just too long. (laughs) A lot of bad things for me. The best, the things I did like most about this film was probably the train stuff and the train stunts, um, I did like Khan up until a point. I thought he was quite charismatic and could have gone somewhere quite nice, but I think he was wasted. Um, and India as a, as a location was wasted as well. I think they could have done something a lot more and not just relied on cheap stereotypes and cliches. And yeah, so for that reason, um, we're going such a such a back and forth with these rankings. So last time I put for your eyes only at number two, um, second top, and this one, Octopussy is now going second bottom. It's going what? at number 12. It's going at number 12.
0: Wait, so you think Live and Let Die is worse than this film?
1: I do, yeah. I, I would mu- I'd still much rather like this. I'd much rather watch this than Live and Let Die. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I swear this was going bottom for you. I can see Go. I'm I'm very surprised by that.
1: I think for me it's because there are, there's... Every now and then there are little bits in this film that are okay. Whereas with Live and Let Die... I mean, I'm sure that's the same there, but I just can't really. Maybe it's just because I'm watching this now, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's going number twelve.
0: Okay, well, I mean, down at the bottom makes sense to me, but yeah, I'm surprised by that. I, I didn't, I didn't get that impression that you disliked *Live and Let Die* so much, but it's like ended up at at the very bottom after <sighs> 13 films.
1: I was very tempted as we were discussing this and and it setting in about how much I didn't like this. I was tempted to do the, a quick switch. during during recording but i'm gonna stick with what i felt like earlier i'm gonna keep it at 12
0: yeah well i think it raises an interesting question about doing these rankings and it's going to be interesting to see when we get to the end about like because we are now ranking films against films that we saw like two months ago which makes it very different in our heads like a film i saw two months ago compared to a film i just saw it's kind of very different so there might be a little bit of rearranging at the end, but it will purely be because right, now we've had a little bit of time, now that I've seen Octopussy two months ago and like now it's not immediately in my head and you kind of f- figure out what stood out to you and what you remember. Like in my head you only live twice is actually I I'm actually liking it more as each week goes by. Mm. But I do remember at the time having a lot of problems with that film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So I've uh, delayed enough. Um, Octopussy. I think out of any of the Bond films, I would tell people just don't watch this one. Just don't watch it. Like, there's just no point. Unless you're a big Bond fan and you just want to have them all watched, which I understand. That's what we're doing here today. But outside of that, don't watch it. It's just such a waste of time. And I would even say, like, watch Diamonds Are Forever because, like, it's it's such a weird film. Oh, you hell might yeah. hate it like me. You might like it like Joe. I think Diamonds Are Forever is worth watching. So put that on the poster, I guess. But Octopussy, it's just not worth watching. I just don't think there's any point. Like, it's such a... Like, so I said last week about how For Your Eyes Only For Me was either just, like, kind of average or not that great. And this one feels somewhat similar to that, but without ever really being average and just kind of, it never really frustrated me that much. This film, I just felt so defeated watching it and sad. I'm not even going into the actual film itself. I'm just describing (laughs) my emotional journey I had with this film. It's just a waste of time. And like I said earlier, it's devoid of joy, but there's ideas here. Like I think with a rewrite and a better director and a, like, there's there's ideas here. I like the idea of Octopussy, and I think the actress does, does a pretty good job overall. I like the idea of the general, and I'm glad they revisit the rogue Russian general idea in Goldeneye for a much better film. And it's just they combine it all so much to be such a joyless mess. that it just can't get into it. But the train stuff is cool at the end. That's got potential. Just... There's potential here, but it's not like The Man with the Golden Gun, where I said if that was edited down, it would be like a top five film for me in in this, maybe even number one, given the right kind of tweaks. But this one, like, you can't edit this down to be something cohesive. Because if you edit it down, it's even more confusing. That's just how jam-packed with confusion this is. And as you've said, the India setter is just kind of bad. Like it's just stereo it's just so lazy the way it's done, it just doesn't add anything. I would have kind of liked if it maybe focused more on East Germany. But even then we got all this stuff with the circus just just was so dumb. It just so... It didn't make me annoyed. It just sucked, like, pulled me out of the film. And that's what happens with most of the bad stuff in this film. It doesn't make me mad. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Uh, Um, So with that, it's definitely going underneath For Your Eyes Only. That's an easy one for me. Um, So then it comes to Diamonds Are Forever. And this one's a little bit more tricky. Because if you ask me right now, like, right, Tom, you're going to stop recording the podcast. We're going to go watch a film. Would you rather watch Octopussy or Diamonds Are Forever? I would be like, put on Diamonds Are Forever. Let's go.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, Mm -hmm. I would rather rewatch that film over this one. Because I think there was a... It had lower lows, but at least there was more stuff in it I liked. Where I think Octopussy, it's more like there's some potential in some scenes, but there was very little I didn't like. And it's like 10 minutes longer and more confusing. So I think, seeming how I only just saw Octopussy, I'm still going to put it above Diamonds are Forever and put it at number 12. But I could see myself maybe at the end of the rewatch. I'm going to have to ask that same question to myself again. Now that the rewatch is done, would you rather watch Diamonds are Forever or Octopussy? Because depending on the answer to that question is going to be whether I actually move Doctor. Um, not Dr. Pussy, that's a very different thing Dr. Uh, Pussy <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like whether that. I move Octopussy to last or not, so I could see myself doing that, because I really had a, just a miserat- miserable time watching this film, so it goes in the very bad tier, along with Diamond Off Forever for me, but I guess watch this space, maybe it becomes last, maybe it does overtake Diamond Off Forever as the worst, but at the moment, I'm going to put it at 12 uh, pushing Diamond of Forever down to 13
1: would I mean, you look at that, we both put it at 12.
0: Yeah, we got very similar lists. this. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> for 12 anyway. But I just think, yeah, I think we both just sound quite defeated by this film.
0: It's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. I'm a little bit more optimistic about A Few to a Kill, though, because I feel like there's going to be... if it like, It probably might be technically like a worse film, but at least I'm going to feel something. <laughs>
1: I think it's going to, as you said with other ones, I think it's going to have higher highs of you to a kill. So, yeah, I think that will be better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that
0: a little bit more than this, but I think I've kind of nailed where I put it originally, though. I I put it in my bottom five, and I think that is 100% a bottom five film. As it currently stands, even the bad ones that are coming up, I feel like I don't see them being as bad as this.
1: Mm. Well... All I have to say is that after this discussion and watching Octopussy, I need a stiff drink. I think that's fair, yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's on the table now for me after this recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Octopussy turned me into an alcoholic. <laughs> Why are you here, Joe? Why are wow. you at this meeting? Well, where do I begin? Uh, there was an egg.
0: <laughs> it all starts with an egg, as every good story does. <laughs> Uh, so i do want to quickly say people might be wondering this is next week going to be a few to a kill or never say never again uh it is going to be a few to a kill because we are just looking at the mainline eon films for this but never say never Maybe oh, we come back to it
1: maybe we'll but see it, it
0: won't be never say never again i would like to rewatch that one
1: but maybe i need
0: a little bit of a break after this one, and I'm pretty sure "Never Say Never Again" is a better film than this.
1: I was just about to say, I do wonder if that was actually the better Bond film because I think "Octopussy" did do better in the end slightly, but um, yeah, in terms of actual, like, yeah, how how it how it went as a film, I don't know. I this would not take much to beat, so it could have actually well been better.
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> the the bar has never been lower. Come on, "Never Say Never Again," you can do it. <laughs>
1: I really want it to now, actually. I haven't felt that way before, but now I I want it to be better. Yeah, because anyway,
0: we'll we'll get there. Keep an eye out on that. Maybe a bonus episode, we'll go back
1: to it. Yeah, maybe.
0: Cool. So any last thoughts before we go, Joe? (sighs)
1: Some wine or some gin and a tonic? Um... I think,
0: (laughs) well, it's quite cold, isn't it? Maybe wine, just depends on the wine.
1: Yeah, I'll go open a bottle of red. Yeah,
0: yeah that's that my thoughts
1: nice. <laughs> that is literally my thoughts right now they are
0: you just need to forget
1: yes exactly
0: cool all right well we're gonna go and drink uh, thank you very much for listening you have been listening to episode 13 of the bond revisited podcast the bond revisited podcast will return next week with a few to a kill